everyone's quite tight packed, especially when the bell rings and everyone's rushing to their next class. You don't want to be late and everyone's running in the same hallway. So it's, it's really messy. So, I mean, it's probably best if you don't eat lunch there. Everyone's, again, squished together. And it's even worse because everyone has their masks off. Good morning. This is Epicenter NYC. We connect our communities to news, information, and each other. I'm Andrea Pineda Salgado. September 13 was the first day students across New York City public schools were all back in their classrooms full-time since March 2020. So what does this actually look like? Well, masks are required, regardless of vaccination status. Everyone completes a daily health screening, classrooms have air purifiers, and there are regular COVID-19 tests for those who are unvaccinated. There's also a vaccine mandate for nearly all Department of Education employees. But despite the precautions, the buildup to going back to school was stressful for parents, teachers, administrators, and kids, especially considering the rise in cases we've seen throughout the summer. Today, Epicenter Sam Sacker talks with Nicole Perino about the return to full-time in-person learning and how it's going. If you listen to Episode 3 of our podcast, you already know Nicole. She writes our sister newsletter, The Unmuted. She's also a PTA president, a mom of two, and the founder and editor of Bronx Mama, a website for families looking to learn about local events. Before we begin, a quick message from our friends and sponsors at McKinsey & Company. People who are rich will take care of themselves. They're fine. But people who are regular, you know, I want to see what opportunities can we afford them. That's Jeffrey Seller, producer of Hamilton, talking about how he created a lottery to provide $10 premium tickets to give more equitable access to orchestra seats. And by the way, I've never said that out loud before. He's featured in a recent edition of Intersection, McKinsey's weekly newsletter that shares stories about diversity, gender equality, and inclusion. Check out McKinsey's Intersection newsletter at mckinsey.com forward slash intersection. And thanks. Now, back to the show. Here's Sam and Nicole. Could you just introduce yourself, who you are, what you do, all that? So my name is Nicole Perino, and I am a parent to two daughters. I have a 15-year-old in 10th grade and a 9-year-old in the 4th grade. And I also run a website called Bronx Mama, which is a resource for Bronx families. Incredible. And you mentioned that you have two children. So can you describe a bit about your relationship with the New York City public school system? Sure. Um, So I'm actually the PTA president um, at my little one's school. And I sit on the SLT board for the high school for my older daughter. So just trying to stay involved and kind of know what's going on, especially it pays off in everything that's happening right now. Yeah. So using that insight that you have from those positions on those boards, could you talk about, and this is a very like long, like kind of like a long answered question, but starting with last spring, can you walk me through how COVID kind of impacted your kid's education? I mean, obviously, it was just kind of very abrupt. You know, obviously, when it first happened, no one thought it was going to last as long as it did. And then we realized, wait, this is not going to be over anytime soon. And how did all of those changes, like them working from home and like just the pandemic as a whole, mostly like your kids' um, education, how did those changes impact your life? 
I mean, fortunately for me, because I work from home, I really am grateful that I am a flexible person, but I did see how it affected so many working parents. And it was a struggle for a lot of parents. So, you know, as much as it was an adjustment for all of us, I do feel grateful, like I said, that I work from home and that I'm already kind of a go with the flow person. So it didn't take me too much out of my routine or mess me up too much. Yeah. And then turning more to like this fall and like going back to school, what was that process like? If you have any insights from being on those um, boards that you were talking about or just like your own personal experience? So as for the PTA goes, we started a group on Facebook for parents of my little one's school. And, you know, this was the first time that we really saw some more of the negative side of, you know, how these groups can be used because people were panicking. I mean, for me, my kids did blended last year. So I had already trusted the school and known how the, you know, the protocols were going and the the systems that were in place already. But you had a lot of parents who were scared to send their kids and they did not want to send their kids into school. And so, you know, we did see just all of the questions and all of the, the complaints and, and just parents really nervous and scared about how this was going to go. As far as, you know, for us and my family, it was just even just getting back into the routine of getting up every day and, and going into the school. I mean, even last year, even being remote, it was like, still such a big difference because you see the kids like the first two weeks, they were exhausted. I think we were all exhausted, you know, like from my high schooler, she joined the volleyball team. So she's getting home, you know, six, you know, six o'clock at night after practice. So to go from being able to just roll over and log into the classroom to now, you know, having a full schedule plus uh, a sports um, routine it's, it's a huge adjustment, but you know, they're getting there. And I see even with, like I said, the parents that were a little, they're slowly, you know, seeing, okay, the kids are doing well. You know, they're, they're thankful that, especially at my youngest, her, her school, the principal has been great with, you know, making adjustments whenever parents have had, you know, concerns, they're addressing those um, concerns and, you know, so far so good. Um, I'm a little worried about with this mandate and what that means for a lot of the the schools and the changes that are about to happen with that. But, you know, we're just kind of all going with the flow. (laughs) Um, And so with the mandates, what have you seen from parents or like how the kids feeling and like maybe teachers that you've interacted with? I mean, for me on a personal level, I honestly just feel like parents and students aren't considered in all of this just because I feel like if you had have asked a lot of parents, we probably would have preferred to just allow teachers who were unvaccinated to continue getting tested weekly. So the fact that, you know, now we're dealing with this potential loss of teachers, I think that it, it, it's just a hot mess, just like we covered in the unmuted, just saying that some schools, you know, they're switching to cold lunch because now there's not going to be enough staff to make hot lunch for these kids or safety officers. I mean, some schools, they have one article said up to 20 safety officers, and now we don't know how many they're going to have. So I do see that. I think parents, once they see the repercussions, I think that you'll hear more opinions. And how have your kids been adjusting? Like you mentioned, it was a bit of a transition because of the like fully remote to them fully in person. And how has that been for them? If you could speak a little bit more to that. 
I think both of them, I, it's been a good thing for both of them. Um, my little one obviously is excited just to be in school, to see her friends. As far as my oldest, um, I totally saw a difference as soon as she got back into a routine. Like I said, she had been, you know, kind of down and I had even uh, gotten a counselor for her to talk to for a little while there because I was just concerned about how it was affecting her mood. You know, so I see a difference getting back into the routine, having a sports and just having her life outside of the house. So I definitely see how positive that is for both of them. Like Nicole said, in a lot of ways, in-person learning has been great for kids. Still, some feel that they're choosing between education and health. Others are struggling to adjust to a new routine. And almost everyone is worried that, yet again, they'll have to switch gears at the drop of a hat. Just like last year. We know the switch to remote learning last year deeply impacted kids, especially when it came to their mental health. In fact, during an episode back in August, we heard from Mosamed Kanam, a student at Stuyvesant High School. If you haven't listened yet, she talked about how COVID has affected the mental health of her peers. Today, Mosamed is joining us again to explain what it's like being back in person full time. So can you tell us a bit about how you were feeling at the end of last year's school year after so much remote learning and how that compares to how you're feeling now? It's very different to say the least and I have struggled with adjusting and it's been a month now and it's still been pretty difficult. I'd definitely say the workload is nowhere near the same. I think it's a lot harder now and now that I have an actual commute it's very different definitely. Yeah how long is your commute? Um, So I'm from the Bronx and I go to school at Stuyvesant which is in Manhattan so that's like an hour and 30 minutes approximately just to go there. And in total, that's three hours. And during remote learning, that was three hours I had to myself. So it's very different. Wow. That is a lot. What do you do? Do you study or do you listen to podcasts or how do you pass that three hours? Like that part right there is what kills me. I cannot focus on the train. I cannot study. I don't know. I'm just not built that way. Um, So it's always a struggle because those three hours that I literally just wasted and I just sit there listening to music, can't even fall asleep then I'll miss my stop. So it's really a waste of time on my part, but I really don't have a choice. Yeah. And, and beyond that struggle of, of the workload and the commute, is there anything else that you feel is a particular struggle? Do you feel less prepared for certain classes? Mm, yeah, that's definitely a big part of it. As uh, many students and I have experienced the same thing where during remote learning, it's been a lot more difficult to actually focus and taken the information since the teachers aren't there in real life they can't force you to listen but now we're back into the groove of things and it's like okay now you have to pay attention we've been so used to not being forced to do that this whole time for almost two years it's like the snap into reality and it's been hard to adjust to that workload especially if you don't have enough knowledge for a certain class if you didn't pay attention last year you know i bet it is and you said that you've struggled how do you feel that your peers have reacted to returning to in-person learning? So I think my peers reacted in a very similar way, like compared to me. After talking to a bunch of them and asking them how they're feeling, adjusting to this new system, especially me as a sophomore and all my sophomore friends were completely brand new to high school. We had our entire freshman year remotely. It's definitely a very much new playing field for us and it's something we're not used to. So I feel like there's a common ground where we're all kind of struggling to adjust 
but I think we've definitely made progress since it's already been a month. Mm -hmm. And how do you feel that being back in person has impacted the overall quality of your education? Um, So being in in person after, again, a long time of remote, I think teachers are definitely going to be a lot more lenient, and I'm sure they have. Um, But yeah, I think that definitely makes it kind of a big difference since teachers are acknowledging that and trying to make it easy on us. But still, at the same time, it's a struggle because, of course, we do have to adapt to this. Of course. And has there been a lot of vaccine talk at your school, among your peers? Yeah, definitely. The vaccine talk is mostly like, oh, are you vaccinated? And if you're not, please stay away from me. There's a huge urge to get vaccinated all throughout the school, which makes perfect sense. We have a pretty big school and, you know, we want to be safe. Mm -hmm. And are you noticing that there are a lot of students that still aren't vaccinated? Yeah, a lot of students aren't vaccinated and I don't really know why. Maybe it's like religious reasons or there could be many reasons, but schools are urging everyone to get vaccinated as soon as possible. Uh, Our school actually already has cases. So it's even more important that you get vaccinated now to protect yourself. Yeah, that seems like a tough situation to be in if you haven't gotten vaccinated and people are asking you and then they're kind of saying, stay away from me. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. So, and overall, are you feeling optimistic or pessimistic about the school year and why? So I started off the year feeling quite pessimistic. I literally made bets with my friends saying, yeah, we're not going to last more than two weeks. That's maximum. But it's been four weeks. And honestly, now I feel quite optimistic. And so do a lot of my peers since we've already lasted four weeks. And I think we're going pretty great. We have like 32 hundred kids at our school and we've really haven't had many cases so far unless there's some we don't know of that's a whole different story but for what we know I think we've been doing a good job and that makes me really optimistic that we're going to stay in real life that's great and is there anything else you wanted to add about your experience or you think that our listeners should know that I didn't ask you Something that I think is important and I feel like I should add. Uh, So in school, we had this rule to try to stay three feet um, social distancing since six feet is pretty much impossible. But three feet does seem more likely. But I don't think any school is really meeting the requirement at that. I've seen so many memes from not only my school, how social distancing where there's literally none at all. It's, It's really bad. Um, everyone's quite tight packed, especially when the bell rings and everyone's rushing to their next class. You don't want to be late and everyone's running in the same hallway. So it's, it's really messy. Yeah. And what about the lunchtime cafeteria situation? Um, yeah, everyone's again, squished together and it's even worse because everyone has their masks off. So, I mean, it's really not a safe environment. Probably best if you don't eat lunch there. Are you allowed to leave? Do you have an open campus? Yeah, thankfully, we have permission to leave as long as we have a free or a lunch period. Got it. And overall mask compliance in the hallways and at school, are people pretty good about it? Yeah, honestly, to my surprise, I don't know. I thought there'd be more mask rebels, if that makes sense. But yeah, for the most part, I actually haven't seen anyone not masked. So I think we're doing pretty good on that. As we heard, things are getting better. Kids and teachers are back in the classroom. But even though things are improving, they're still not yet back to normal. Everyone's comfort level is still a little different. And until vaccines are approved for young kids, people are taking risks every day. What this means is we need to be patient with each other. We also need to continue to help our neighbors get vaccinated. 
You can learn more about our work helping community members get vaccinated by using the link in our show notes. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe to our newsletter to hear more stories like this every week. Our intro music is All the Pretty Horses by Karavika. You can find more of their music on their website, linked to in our podcast description.